Welcome back to the High Impact Physician Podcast. Today's episode, Sandy is talking with Dr. Mark Stevens. He is a family physician. He's got 23 years with the Navy on active or reserve duty. You're going to learn more about what he's up to today. Some really interesting things to do with art, medical school curriculum, and beyond. On today's episode, Mark is telling the story of how he went on a 10-day, 150-mile walk to mark the transition from his military career and what he learned about himself on that walk. Mark's also talking about the difference between having plan A, plan B, and plan C, and why you need each, and also what we can learn from Gumby. Yes, Gumby. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. With that, let's go ahead and jump in. And again, I feel really grateful for this opportunity to connect with you. You're obviously uh, a leader and a man and a person with some incredible experiences and creativity. So let's just begin by having you tell us a, a bit about yourself and how you got to where you are. Oh, thanks. Um, again, my name's Mark Stevens, and I think this is important, Sandy. I'm, I'm the son of a Methodist pastor turned college professor and um, a, a physical therapist. And so, you know, I think our roots shape, shape who we are. Um, I grew up in the Philadelphia area and uh, attended a large state university um, where initially I thought I would do really well, but was overwhelmed pretty quickly and retreated to a small liberal arts college uh, to sort of find myself and my focus in life. Finances dictated that uh, <laughs> the large state university was more affordable, so I returned to receive a degree in Bachelor Bachelor of Arts in Liberal Arts. And so that, I think that's important because the liberal arts training absolutely frames who I am and how I think. Um, as I then transitioned to a career in medicine, um, realizing how uh, that was going to be a financial burden is actually I found the Navy at that time. And it was through uh, the largesse of a, a wonderful Navy scholarship that I thought I would sneakily pay for medical school and then get out, um, but quickly discovered that I absolutely loved serving in the Navy and spent all told 23 years on active duty or reserve duty um, with the Navy, um, retired in 2016, and then have been at Penn State um, ever since, helping to frame a regional campus of the Penn State College of Medicine. 23 years. Thank you for that service and that duty. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. So one of the things I know is that in your different transitions and knowing everyone has different experiences, I understand you took a very long walk. And I'd love to have you talk to us a little bit about that walk you took and maybe how it was symbolic of a transition that you made from um, perhaps the Navy into civilian life. Yeah, it's, it's, thank you for the question. That's a um, something that's been a really interesting experience in my life. And so my last duty station was um, at the Uniformed Services University. One of the best jobs I could ever imagine happen, happening. I was the chair of the Department of Family Medicine there at the Uniformed Services University and really enjoyed serving with Army, Navy, Air Force, public health uh, individuals. And as I was nearing retirement, I knew for a fact that it wasn't going to be easy. And so in my simple way of thinking, I thought, well, maybe if I spend a couple of weeks just taking a long walk, I'll be able to clear my head. And I'd like to do some good with that. And where I'm going, Penn State has a large dance marathon that they they put on to support research for pediatric cancer. And I, I thought this would be just a really nice thing to help others to, you know, somewhat of a metaphor 
good physical activity and, and to clear my head. And so um, I retired on my 25th wedding anniversary and happily set out on the jaunt with a good friend who had agreed to, to join me for the first day. And I want to be clear to everybody that um, the stipulations of this walk, Sandy, was uh, a hot shower and Wi-Fi. So it wasn't like I was <laughs> camping on the Appalachian Trail. So <laughs> each day I would walk and have sort of an intentional reflection or contemplation point. Um, and I will say that, you know, life always throws you curveballs. And mid-walk, um, a dear friend from the Army actually suddenly and unexpectedly passed away. So I I hit pause to to get out to to his funeral and, and pay respects, um, and then sort of re re entered the walk a little bit further along along the journey, um, just to to keep on time. So all told, it was about ten days, and it was you know a hundred and I guess it was one hundred and fifty miles or something like that. Um, but it was a really positive experience on some levels, and a really disappointing experience on some levels. It was positive because I, I realized, you know, how much reflection I needed to do and how much of a transition moving from a career in one organization to a new life in a different organization, what a big shift that is. But I also felt that in some ways the, the walk took a life of its own that detracted from, from that small, quiet, reflective solitude that I'd really intended. In other words, it sort of became more about, ooh, look what Mark is doing, rather than just letting Mark do it. And so there was a little bit of tension there for me in, in wanting to really stay in the shadows in a contemplative state with the walk versus the walk, you know, um, sort of folks found out about it and it became kind of a thing. And so there was a, a valuable lesson in that, too, in terms of um, hubris and humility in that, that, that very fine line that we sometimes as humans walk. Wow. We could unpack that in so many different ways. I think one of the things that I'm particularly struck by in this moment is in today's world and so many emerging opportunities for physicians to do their work differently, a lot of physicians that are interested in leadership have may have some kind of an assumption that there's a specific path or a right way to get there. I'm really struck by how you've described from the beginning, you know, there were chapters in your life where you might have felt overwhelmed or you were finding yourself. Um, you took opportunities to intentionally reflect. And I love the way you acknowledged that there were some big shifts that were going on in transitions and there were distractions and they were positive, they're disappointing. You've really done a nice job kind of debunking that there's not like one formal leadership path. Talk to us a little bit more about how you might describe your journey of becoming a formal leader. I would describe it as um, having a plan A. In other words, a plan A from from medical school, sort of what I thought I wanted to do was, was <laughs> and as I talked to a number of my peers, I think that's, again, normal part of the human experience is having this idea of how you think your life is going to evolve and really planning for that, making that, again, the plan A. Um, and then there's sort of plan B, which is what comes up when your plan A um, inevitably runs into obstacles. And then honestly, there's plan C, which is what life really is. Um, and so I, as I reflect on um, transitions, as I reflect on a leadership philosophy, as I reflect on, you know, what would I pass along to other aspiring or current leaders? Um, 
it's a phrase that one of my mentors taught me years and years ago that I use here all the time, and it's Semper Gumby. And so that's a blend of the Marine Corps Semper Fidelis, always faithful, and the old claymation character Gumby, who is flexible. So Semper Gumby is sort of the leadership philosophy I have always adhered to in the context of really being flexible enough to have a plan, you know, so Gumby isn't a pile of dust. Gumby has a plan and shape and form and intent. Um, but, but Gumby also has to adapt to the, to the realities of what's happening around you, the individuals in that reality, um, and modifying to, to whatever the current situation dictates. Boy, and I can only imagine how that kind of philosophy is even more relevant today in the time of COVID of how to be really faithful to the training that so many of you went through and also adapting and um, flexing to today's situation. It strikes me as really impactful to have a philosophy that could have been true back then and that was true through transitions and is true today. So as I think about your journey and the many different things you've been through, tell us about maybe a person or a situation or story this personally impacted you to become the person or the leader you are today? Sandy, that is um, such a delightful question and, and one that um, I, I'm currently an educator and my passion is in medical education. Uh, I, I'm active as a clinician as well, because I think to be a good teacher, you have to be an active clinician. And, and so in contemplating how to respond to your question, I'm taken back to, and I think Many of us as, as humans have been in high stakes exams and situations in our life or some sort of exam situation. And I reflect on exam situations because in some ways each day is, is, is sort of an exam. And I can tell you, Sandy, that I remember the questions on exams that I got wrong. I remember those way more than any of the exam questions that I happened to answer correctly. And I think that metaphor holds for experiences in leadership in my own life. I tend to remember failures much more. They're far more instructive for me than our successes. And so I can think of specific circumstances where I failed as a leader for, for several reasons. All right, check out part number two of Sandy and Dr. Mark Stevens' conversation. There's some awesome vulnerability where they're digging into specific ways that Mark has failed as a leader and how those moments have shaped him moving forward. We're also talking about his new sort of non-traditional approaches to learning in medical school curriculum that he's designing. And Mark's also talking about the most rewarding and unexpected journey of his life. No, he's not talking about being a parent here. He's talking about doing art therapy with other physicians. If you are any sort of bit creative. And actually, especially if you're not, I think you're going to find that part really, really interesting. Make sure to check out that episode.